Thank you for tuning in to the Let's Unpack That podcast. I am your host, Lyle Behrens. Welcome back. If you're a first timer, uh, maybe this isn't the episode to start, but you know, whatever. Let's go in. <laughs> hey, I got to say off top, I know I broke a promise. I said that I would have a bonus episode with the one I uh, dropped with uh, Vlad and Blacks and Jews and all that. But here I am because we will not have an episode the day after Christmas. So here I am dropping this. The episode with Trenton Davis was one of the most well-received episodes. And it was suggested that I do a follow-up episode of, okay, once you get your swag back, how do you protect your energy? So I'm going to unpack how I protect my energy and stories of where I just said no and cut people off and just all that stuff. Good self-help, cut out the toxic shit, but, you know, have enough toxic shit in your system to where you're still functional and you're still normal. So we're going to get in all that and have a nice Merry Christmas. Let's go. Enjoy. Nip weirdo energy in the bud in anything that feels like weirdo energy. Let me give you an example, right? Like, as guys, we have a lot of shit that feels like, oh, it's just ball breaking. It's just, we. oh, you know him. He likes to talk shit. Here's the thing. There's a certain line when ball breaking turns to undercover hater jabs and shit. Let me give you an example, right? And I feel the expectation for hater energy should be for everybody across the board. Like, let's say you always wearing Nike. Like, you wear Nike jeans, Nike hoodies, whatever. And your boy's like, man, look at you always wearing Nike. Like, you can't, like, you acting like they signed, they signed you to a contract and, like, they paying you, nigga. Wear some new shit. Wear some Adidas. God damn, you got to switch it up. Like, you acting like Nike. You look like a fucking Japanese tourist, Right. And they're always roasting you for wearing Nike all the time, right? You'd be like, oh, yeah, you know how Edward is. And you would just fucking justify it, right? Now, let's say a girl that you're talking to that hasn't given you the pussy or she fucks with you from time to time but not always fuck with you, and she makes that same remark, like, you guys wearing Nike. You don't like anything else. Like, man, and now this bitch want to clown my clothes? What the fuck, nigga? Here's the thing. If it sounds like hater shit coming from the girl, it's hater shit from your boy, too. Keep the eyes cliche as keep that same energy is you gotta apply it to everybody like that is fucking that that that's hater shit man. I'm gonna give you an example right like so like like for me in my life when I realized I had to cut out niggas because they had hater energy. There was this one dude and weirdo nigga like his his name was Holden. I shouldn't have done that, but who gives a fuck like this? Who gives a fuck? So. Right, this nigga like he went like eleven. He went like over a year without getting any pussy, and he's like a six foot seven, uh, white Jewish, good looking nigga that went to cat. But like he can't because he like he don't know how to talk right. So he he went like a year without pussy, and he don't know how to deal with women and whatever. That's his own struggle. That's not our problem. But of course, like most bitch ass niggas, he made it our problem. So what? goes and does so like some time goes by i'm going through my blah 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 and then i we we uh we're grabbing drinks and it's some niggas knows from his little professional world and i just know through like hooping and playing basketball because he's six foot seven and i was a nice nigga back in the day on the court so has 
a nigga from Boston and a nigga from the DMV and with him. A Jewish white dude and two like middle class black dudes with him. But like the nigga from Boston was all like playing up his East Coast. He's like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like real talk, real talk. And it's like, yeah, shut up. You from Boston, nigga. Like acting like you from one of the five boroughs. But he, he was fronting. Anyway, so then just like keep like taking little subtle shots at me being a comic and shit. He's like, well, you know, Lyle's a comic because, you know, some people like, you know, they just want to like sleep in and shit. Da, 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 da. And he taking taking all these shots at me. And he, he had taken a few shots at me before when I had originally met the DMV nigga. And then now meet the DMV nigga, Devin, uh, the, the corny Boston nigga. And was taking these shots at me. I'm like, what the fuck? So then, of course, I just... I, I lit his ass up and, you know, said all the, made fun of his voice, all that shit. So my point being, though, there was something about me and where I was. Because, and here's the thing about everyone wanted to uh, work in film. He wanted to be a PA, he wanted to do all that, but he didn't want to struggle. So he got himself a nice, like, pussy office job. And I'm not job shaming. It's just, it was his journey. Just like not getting pussy was part of his journey. Just like taking that out on me and the real niggas was, was part of his journey. It is what it is. But just like that was the case, like I had to go, oh no, you are not happy with yourself. And this is like something that people got to fucking realize. There's this whole thing, this kind of narrative that like men that are abusive towards women are not happy with themselves you know, and they secretly hate themselves because they're mad about their job or their money or whatever. And I'm not saying that's not true. I'll even go as far. I'll say that is true. But you know what else we don't talk about is the guys that treat their women, their kids wonderful, but they whatever they can get, whoever they can get away with treating like shit in their life, they fucking will. Whoever they can get away with saying passive aggressive bitch like remarks to, they fucking will. You know why? Cuz they fucking can. And that's like and, and like women do the same shit too. But we're not we're not gonna get in all that on this episode. But 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 the point is, people like there's the saying, "Hurt people, hurt people." Look, I'm gonna go as far as to say, weak people seek people, seek people to take out their shit on. So I would say, like, if know when you feel that, like, and and like connect the dots, you know. And I mean, like, this is a lot to ask you know, somebody that isn't down to like start a podcast and like unpack shit for like 90 minutes or be like a stand-up comic for like 10 years and figure all that out. Cause some people just, their mind goes other places, which is understandable. But what I'm saying is try to identify that shit the best you can. Cause weirdo energy consumes you. And then you look up one day and you're like, wow, how come every time I see this one person, I feel funny. And that's what it took for me is I was like, every time I see this nigga, I kind of feel funny, you know? And like a- another example of like undercover hater energy, right? Is because of like the NBA bubble, like obviously players come back like out of shape and shit. So Clay Thompson, there, there was, it was like a, a collage where they like uh, did like the fat booth uh, picture thing on a bunch of NBA players. And of course they did Clay Thompson and then this nigga, who's not even my friend, really. I told, I just met him through a show because I know a lot of weirdo niggas via shows. Because a lot of like weirdo niggas that just hang around comedy all the time and don't have like a girlfriend, they're they're fucking weirdos and kind of haters. 
Anyway, we unpacked that on episode one. But this nigga tagged me in a picture of Fat Clay Thompson right when I fucking dropped an album and I got a public perception. Oh, wait, he's talking about his album again. I guess they... See, it, it, as soon as he goes back to talking to himself on the podcast, he brings up the album again. You damn right. But he gonna tag me in that shit, and I'm like, what the fuck, dude, nigga? Like, why are you doing that? And then he's like, well, what, what's the big deal? I'm like, you being a corny nigga? He's like, I'm not corny. You call me corny. And, and eventually he relented and admitted he was acting like a bitch-ass nigga. But the point being was all that shit, like that hater shit, the fact, because like I was, because when he had originally tagged me in that, I was going throughout the course of my day, like, you know what, everything's good, I'm not going to entertain this, and then I'm like, this is, like, affecting my mood, and I don't want this bitch-ass nigga, the energy he's bringing towards me, and then I'm carrying that shit that he brought towards me, and then I'm letting it poison the other people around me, no, I'm going to this bitch-ass nigga, so, you know, nip hater bud in the nip, nip hater shit in the energy. Nip hater shit in the bud. I'm sorry. I'm I'm very worked up right now. Can you tell? Black men must for protecting your energy. And and this is what I do. I cut off white people that I got to have cultural conversations with in explaining shit. I'm not PBS, nigga. I don't do that. Okay. I don't allow white people in my life. I need to explain basic shit too. You can't say that. Well, that wouldn't be the case of this law and blah, 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 blah. I am not going to allow myself to be forced to be on the edge and have to explain something or... Because I've been just around white... And not like white people I've let in, just white people I know by association where I'm kind of like, you gotta tell they're gonna say some fucked up shit. And just like white people, you know, uh, the stereotype of white people being always on time, their racist shit is always fucking on time. I don't fucking allow that. Nobody should allow that. And I don't like white people to say shit like, well, I do this with everybody. I like white people to say shit like, really? Tell me more. Oh, really? That's a thing? I have, And I don't just mean white people. I just mean anybody that's... This also applies to, like, Indian niggas. This applies to motherfuckers from, like, the suburbs. It's, like, African and didn't really grow up with, you know, black American culture. I'm not about having to fucking explain myself or where I'm coming from. That shit will destroy your peace. Because if you are a black progressive man, right, you're already in a day-to-day situation where you're having to do some form of code switching, or even if you just, even if you dealing, you could be dealing with niggas and you got to code switch from from black to niggerdom, and that's that's its own sort of animal, right? But our social time should be our fucking time, and there's too much of having to give yourself to these motherfuckers, especially when it's like, what are you really contributing to the point where? I'm having to explain my... Because I don't know any, like, white dude that says quasi-racist shit and, like, brings a bunch of hoes around you every time they're down to suck your dick. Like, if that was the case, like, I'd put up for some, like, ignorant shit here and there. Like, I wouldn't really at this age, but, I mean, just hypothetical speaking, they don't fucking contribute shit. 
And it's like it's that kind of lingering thing where it's like, all right, here I gotta go check some ignorance. So to keep your peace, just stay stay away from white people. You gotta explain. Like in my thing, right? I like I want to be around white people. I could really be a nigga in front of. Well, I could like really just speak re- like. I need to know that I can say nigga in front of you and you not going to think you can say that shit back to me. Because, man, these niggas, like, and that's that's what it is. And beyond that, beyond that, I don't like being around fucking white people that are, like, good and they're fine people. And they have shitty white friends. I don't like that. For example, my girl, right? My girl had, and and I give her all the credit in the world for this. She had a lot of whack white friends, and she kicked them to the curb when she saw that they were shitty fucking human beings. I, well, here's a story. I, I, I'm told that you guys like stories on this pod. Like, yo, Lyle, we like when you're passionate and stuff, but could you tell us, like, a story or something? It's Christmas. We have hot chocolate. Let's go to the fire. All right, here's the story, right? So my girl, right, she she has a friend named Hannah, right? Or had a friend. She went to high school with a girl named Hannah. We saying niggas' names on this pod. Whatever. We could believe it out later if it becomes an issue. <laughs> so Hannah, right? So Hannah is like this very, like, annoying. Like, she has her own stories about how she's shitty. But so, like, Hannah, right, they come to one of my shows, and it's like, it was like some some free show because you know like these sf techie bitches they don't pay for shit so hannah brings her like little big tittied hoe friend and ariel's talking with hannah and i'm talking to the big tittied hoe friend naturally and the big titty hoe friend is uh sitting there she's like telling the story about how she was in this christian camp and then she was just like fucking people like you know wall to wall she was just going in out of different rooms, like, yeah, fuck this dude, that fuck this. She had to be like chubby at the time, because like chubby girls like just love like fucking three niggas in a day. That's like that's like chubby girl moves in your early twenties. <laughs> so, anyways, the big titty friend, she's telling this story. So me, I just like you know, I, I get in and like you know pre podcaster mode, like, mm, so how did that make you feel? And then what you do? Oh, interesting. And I'm just like asking her questions like a nigga is just gonna like rub one out <laughs> to, to, to these stories like later. Like I'm trying to like make an erotic novel. So anyway, she she's like breaking down these scenarios, and then later Hannah goes, Why is Lyle sexualizing her? And Ariel's like, What the fuck are you talking about? I mean he's sexualizing, he's asking her like these questions. And Ariel's like, Bitch, you realize your friend's talking about getting fucked at a Christian camp and Lyle's just doing follow-up questions, right? Like, like you do realize that. So anyways, without getting to the fact, like she's making me like this big brutish man, Dingo, just like, oh, white bitch, ah, yeah, so how'd you like sucking the dick? It's like, well, how'd this come about, Hannah? So that's another thing. Cut off white people that do not acknowledge that they have shitty fucking white people in their lives. Because that's going to consume you and go, oh, shit, maybe you a shitty white person, nigga. Another uh, shitty white friend story is, and, and this nigga was like less of my friend and more so like we were, it was like showbiz, we're using each other shit. So 
Anyways, this kid, he worked on the desk at, uh, fuck it, I'll say, he worked on the desk at Arts. Arts, if you don't know, they produce shit for everybody from Amy Poehler to Jamie Foxx to fucking whatever comedy you see. If at the end you'll see the three arts logo, and this nigga was on the desk for uh, a manager. Anyway, so I'm living in LA at the time, in like the the middle part of the last decade, trying to make shit happen. Blah 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 blah. I move back to the Bay. He quits his job there. Whatever. Then fast forward, like, and this is how much of a bitch ass nigga this kid is. He wanted to try to be a stand up comedian later, which is like. Bro, you're going to go from, like, trying to... And I wasn't, like, the only dude he was, like, trying to be, like, a, a, a baby junior manager for. Like, so it's not... It's not like I'm emotional about it. But it's like... He's like, well, you don't like the fact that I'm doing open mics. I'm like, eh, I think it's kind of whack. <laughs> like, you, you know, you're going to... Because it's like your heart was never really in it. This is what you wanted to do all along. But, I mean, you know, uh, good luck. Like, good luck with that shit. I'm not going to fucking help you because I don't give a fuck about, like, any open micer. Fast forward, this kid, like, talks a lot of shit, right? He, like, makes real, he makes, like, some remarks, like, over text or, like, replying to my IG stories. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, that's just social media. And he, like, a bitch, he acting like, whatever. Then, fast forward, I'm going out to New York for some shows. I'm staying with him. And the whole time, like, he's being, like, a little fucking cunt. Like, I remember he, like, he was just saying, like, 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 little remarks about, like, oh, you're still doing that same material. And it's like, nigga, you are nobody to even, like, like, oh, now you, oh, now, it's like that scene in The Wire when uh, fucking Orlando tried to, like, move a pack, and then he got busted by the undercover, and Orlando was, like, the front for the drug operation, that, and then the lawyer, Levy, came and he said, you wanted to be in the game. You're in the game now. That's all I felt like. You can't say shit to me, nigga. You a fuck, you are a nothing if we're talking in this world, so don't even fucking talk to me. And he was just like making like a lot of like really shitty remarks. And I'm eventually like, like, like it was like, I got like some new headshots and he says something like, cause you know, I do like the Eddie Murphy impression of my act. And he's like, Hey, you look like you ate Eddie Murphy. I'm like, nigga, what? He's like, no, no, you, you I mean, you look jacked. I'm just saying. And I mean, it, it, it is not even like I'm super sensitive about my weight. I mean, I am, but Oh, who the fuck are you, bro? Who the fuck are you? So he's doing all this passive shit. Then later I get to talk to his roommate, and he's like, I don't know what happened to him, but he's turned into like a little fucking cunt. Like my mom would come to town and she would like take us out to eat. And and this isn't me being like, yeah, well, your roommate's acting like a bitch. Like it just kind of came natural. Like, <laughs> like you ever like you meet somebody? <laughs> like you have a friend and they just kind of been acting weird and then you meet like a friend of theirs from another circle and then they say something you're like oh great it's not just me they're, they're acting like a bitch <laughs> that was it was it's like it's very like uh it's reassuring so so anyway he's acting like like a bitch the whole time i'm out there he's like rolling with me to like legit like i had a show at this casino where I worked with, the, it don't matter who, but worked with like a, a, a legendary headlining comic. And, uh, and then he's, he's like, cause you know, like, like at the casino, like you sit next to the comics and then he goes out of his way to like sit in between the both of them where it's like, yeah, it's kind of my place guy, but I'm just like, I'm not tripping. I'm not like, I don't know these things. Like, go ahead sit there. 
But he any little like subtle thing he could do to try to put his dick out, he did. When and like the gig, they give you they give us a town car to pick us up, and then as soon as we get in the car, hey, let me get the ox. And whoever's riding this has ox privileges. He, he was playing shit I didn't have a problem with, so I'm like, go ahead, get the ox. But the whole point being. I would call him out and he would go, oh, dude, I talk shit like this with everybody. You can talk shit to me. And I'm like, bro, culturally, we don't do this. And his whole, his whole thing was, no, I know niggas. He obviously didn't say nigga, but he's, he is the vibe with, no, I know niggas too. Like, dudes. Uh, and it's like, no, you don't know real niggas. And that's another example of basically having to explain to a white, and like, let's, there's also like like a, a semi-professional component to it, but let's even throw because I mean that's the only way I, I end up talking to these weirdo white motherfuckers is via uh comedy and bitches. <laughs> like, you know, pussy in my career, things that things that benefit me and make me feel good. But throw that out the window, this is still whack shit. And his roommate at the time that was confirming this, this motherfucker, Italian Puerto Rican kid. And the kid, a uh, waspy motherfucker. And he was like a kid where like any like little thing, and this is what I mean by undercover hater energy too. Like this, this, this is what I'm about to say, this ties in undercover hater shit and uh, don't be around weirdo white people is he says something means like, so, um, so like being, you know, half black and half white, like you must have like struggled. There must have been like this. And he was like trying to find like he was trying to get me to say like, yeah, I've never really felt black. I never. And I'm like, nah, bro. Like I didn't really. I wasn't around the white half of my family a lot. My dad died when I was 15. I was raised by my single black mother and around my black cousins and grew up in black neighborhoods. So, no, I never really related to being half white. That was never uh that was never anything I felt insecure or unsure about was my blackness. I cannot relate to people that do, even though I recognize that's a real thing. I don't relate to that. And, he, and then he, he seemed kind of disappointed when I said that to him. Just mad. He was like, oh. Oh. Okay. And then Jordan says to me, well, my dad, he was like talking to this black woman when he was in college. So I could have ended up being half black like you. Nigga, What? What, 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 what the nigga, shut up nigga like i just acted like i didn't hear that shit so my point being is keep like one like you want to keep sucking niggas away from you that look like you and then after that keep the weirdo white motherfuckers away even the cool white motherfuckers keep an eye on them too oh i could have been half black yeah and if my mama fucked george washington i'd be philip seymour hoffman's uncle fuck you trying to say nigga <laughs> Be in environments you know you like. I cannot stress that enough. I mean, like, now don't get me wrong. When you're in your early 20s and the goal is pussy, it's fucking, or you're in your mid-20s and you've had a dry spell and you're like, oh, I just got to go get mine. Yeah, do what you got to do. Be, go to that concert you don't like, go to that poetry slam reading, and listen to that awful horse shit. Do whatever the fuck you got to do. Excuse me. But 
Like for me, man, I realized like what was draining my energy. I was going to a lot of places I didn't like because my friends have trash taste. It's not even they have trash taste. My friends are, see, I'm, I need to get out my elitist bag. It's not that my friends have trash taste. My friends are like, this is just easy and this is where the bitches are at and it just makes sense. And this is where people are age at. At a certain point, I was like, look, man, I want to drink some good quality wine. I want to listen to some jazz. And I want to be at a place where some adults in the fucking room. I don't want to be in a crowded nightclub with a bunch of trashy Asians screaming the N-word. I don't want to be in a fucking dive bar with some nappy-headed white people and where they got like beer and cigarettes all on their fucked up black jeans and a big ass keychain hanging from their waist. I don't want to be in that shit. I want to be around some like adult shit. You know, I want to be around some, I want like, fuck it. Like, oh, this costs extra. Let me be around the shit that costs extra. So I don't have to be around no motherfucking riffraff. And I don't want to like, you know, go keep going to the same spot where like niggas just hug a wall and ain't really trying to get on nothing. I don't want to do that because like it, environments play the environments we choose to hang out at play a lot in how we feel like I got a homeboy and he delivers mail. He, he works for the post office. Well, I don't know if the nigga deli- I don't know what the fuck he does. He, he works for the post office. And the point is like he drives through South Central. He works in South Central L.A. And he was saying, like, yeah, just being around, like, you know, going through South Central every day, like, it's just kind of depressing. Like, it makes my outlook kind of bleak, you know? And there is, a th- like, just, just like, living in the hood, like, after 25 is, like, just kind of sad. Like, damn. It's, but, like, seeing, like, a, you ever see, like, a pregnant teenage mom take the bus? You just want to put bleach in your eyes. <laughs> Why the fuck do I have to look at this? Like, like you ever get sad because you just like know about somebody's reality and you just like start putting in all like the pieces like oh her kids probably eat mcdonald's every day and they eat it on the floor and they wash paper plates oh my god like anyways it's like your environment is really like inform how you are throughout your day because i mean and this is pre-covid but let's just whatever is, you know, you're at home and then you go to work and then whatever your relationship is with the environment of work and, you know, you do a physical activity, you know, you run somewhere, you go to a gym, whatever your physical activity of choice is, you do that. And then there's the time that's your time where you're, cause like when we work out, that is like for us, whether you enjoy working out or you don't enjoy working out, that is something that's like right below um, going to work, right? That's right below eating and rest. That is something we do to make sure we're our prime selves and where we socialize, which I feel a lot of us don't put enough stock in. And I feel we're not picky enough about really, really fucking matters for how we feel about ourselves. Another way I protect my energy and my peace of mind is I really filter what I want to engage with and what I don't. Like, if somebody, like, because, you know, like, I have a lot of old nigga friends. 
And for some reason, like, niggas, especially, like, hood niggas born in, like, the 70s and the early 80s don't fucking know how to use the internet at all. And, like, they just forge you, like, these videos. Like, one of my homeboys, like, he'll forward me videos of, like, of, like some street nigga in Chicago talking in front of the camera and shooting at somebody. And then he'll forward me a Tony Braxton video with no explanation. It's like, stick it, just send me like fighting and singing. Like, what the fuck? Is, and I obviously don't engage in it because I'm like, if I did that every time he sent me like some whack ass old head video, like I, my peace would be shaken. That's, I don't want to, I don't want to watch the video. I don't want to talk about it. I'm just going to let him keep sending it. And uh, Trent, I'm going to keep following him on social media, but these will be sent to my other folder. You know? Like, with the election, I don't... I With the election, I didn't... I knew I, knew I was voting for Joe Biden. I wasn't going to be... Oh, I, I, I wasn't going to be round the clock on the shit if Trump said some funny coon shit. You need to give... The big man, 2%. Who's the big man? You're the big man. I think you're the big man. And then we'll have a laugh about that. And that's it. I'm not going to, I'm not here for the the 24-hour news ticker. Trump did this. AOC said that. I No, I'm, I'm not here for it. I'm not that guy. We No. It, it's like the same thing with the COVID vaccine. There's this viral thing going around. The main scientist behind the COVID vaccine is a black woman. And already I was like, no, no, not 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 doing this. Nope. It's like, because I already know, like, yeah, she black. That's right. We can do anything. We cure COVID. And then I already know like like the the coons is gonna come out and be and be like like see that's how they try to make us take the virus. Hmm the black woman is behind the cure for the COVID vaccine. Intro sting. So that's how they're gonna make us take it. And then we go in Tuskegee. Like, so I already know I ain't talking to like no nigga about no vaccine because I already know how that conversation is going to go. I don't need to do that. I'm not talking to no suburban type uh, perp that isn't black. And it's like, oh my God, these fucking idiots that don't want to take the vaccine. Don't you know what medicine does, fucking idiot? I'm not having that. I'm not going to explain Tuskegee and black people's mistrust and how doctors have a history of not giving fair treatment to black people. I'm not engaging in these fuck-ass conversations where I just know where they're going to go. Like, I'm not going to do that. Like, and this is another, and this is like another crucial thing for how I keep my peace is I let go of the need to be right. Because at a certain point, it doesn't even fucking matter if you're right. What's the use and and I hate to bring it back to social media, but like we practically fucking live there, so it it we could say well in real life, but no, nah, social media is real life to an extent because real life shit happens from the effects of social media, good and negative. So almost lost my I almost lost my train of thought, but it's like when you see somebody like there's a political thing and people are like writing these long paragraphs. And one person could be winning, but it doesn't even matter who's winning. You're just like, oh, both of you niggas lost because here you guys are writing long ass paragraphs on a 
fucking post about a politician and politicians don't politicians are less emotional about what people say about them than the people voting for them. Okay. Okay. Remember that. So, <laughs> so, you know, man, like I, I filter out, I filter that shit out and I fucking engage with what I feel needs to be engaged with. So one thing I'm really about is watching what we consume. Like, let's say you're somebody where you like to get a little high, you like to get a little tipsy, but on a, at a socially acceptable level, keyword being socially acceptable, is because like you're really conscious of what you consume and how it can get out of hand. And I feel... That's all just as important for like the media and the entertainment we consume. Just like I say stuff like, oh, get away from like bitch ass white people and corny, whack, toxic niggas. That also applies to, you know, what podcast you listening to, what TV show you watch and what music you listening to. Like I got a homie right where I don't know if I should tell the story, but I will. So he, I, I won't say his name because we're going to, I'm about to bleep out a bunch of uh, the other niggas, niggas I said earlier, <laughs> but so the homie, right? Anyways, long story short, it was his 30th birthday. He was drinking, smoking, turning up, and it was a nigga that had robbed him back in, uh, back in the day in like 20, uh, 2009, and the kid uh, it ended up getting killed in 2015. And right, there's no names. You don't know where it took place. But here's the kicker. Got killed in 2015. His birthday recently, he was clowning him in the fact he got killed. Because he obviously had unresolved feelings over the over this dude trying to rob him. Right? Which is fine. But he's putting that out for public consumption. And of course, he took it down and all that. But I, I was like, bro, like, why the fuck would you even do that? And what he said to me was, you know, I was like, you know, I was drinking, obviously. And then I was listening to this song and it just had me thinking about it. There you go. A song, and like, honestly, like rap music makes a lot of niggas do. I'm not it's not even like we just listen to rap music blindly, but it's like, OK, that's all we need. That, that That's the kicker right there. I mean, like, look, if we're in the club and we drinking and all it is is that one song like that taking over for the 99 in the 2000. You's a fine motherfucker once you back that ass up. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, shit, we grinding. And that's all it takes is the 99 and the 2000 and Manny Fresh's strings and and a, a, a vodka cranberry. And we just we just buck wild like it don't take that much different for some like Hennessy and like the the right uh, rap song to make you feel like, man, fuck this nigga, man, man, fuck that nigga, I'm gonna say this shit. So, I'm saying, like, whether it's, you know, also, like, TV, like, if you're, like, some people, like, girls can, like, watch, like, murder mysteries, and, like, this woman was torched, strangled, and raped, and, like, ooh, I needed no more, and then they'll go bake some cookies and be all good, whereas, like, somebody like me, like, I can't watch, like, you know, the 13th, and, uh, uh, when they see us 
and like whatever other uh, movies, documentaries that uh, they were telling white people to watch after George Floyd. Like, you need to educate yourself. So watch some black people getting treated like shit. <laughs> whatever was on the was whatever was on the fucking Netflix watch list. The right, I I can't just like I'll watch it if it's like good, and I'll and then I'll follow it up with a comedy or whatever. But I can't just watch that like all like that type of dark content that is very relatable and I can see happening to me. I can't watch that consistently. Like I remember, man, I was like just watching the Oz from HBO and Oz was obviously before my time, but with Oz, it was so fucking funny to me because it was so melodramatic and it was like murder and rape and all, all this stuff on the, sh and like man rape, you know, and, and some man on woman. And like, it was just kind of, cause like some of the acting was over the top and I was watching it like a comedy, but then eventually I was kind of like, I keep my mood is kind of shifting. This is not a show I should binge watch. And then I was like, "Yeah, you probably shouldn't rewatch Oz. Oz is a show you should probably just watch once and be done." But like, I find a lot of humor and dark shit. But point being was the media we consume can really, you know, inform so, uh, some some subconscious decisions. I feel if. If, like I said, all it takes is the music in the club for people to dry hump, and then all it takes is a nigga to be in his feelings and that or whatever, and this happens. So really, so I, to protect my energy, I really am conscious of the entertainment and the media that I consume. Even with how I get my news, how I get my news. I don't want a motherfucker screaming at me. I like, I get my news from 60 Minutes. And I mean, obviously, like, like you know, uh, libertarian crackpots on social media because them motherfuckers can, them motherfuckers act like somebody's paying them to post them bitch ass links that, <laughs> of them articles they don't fucking read. But I get my I get my shit from sixty minutes. It's calm. It's soothing. Uh, BBC get my news from there, and it's like because I want like calm. I want the facts. I want. Just say it how it is. Play devil's advocate when it's time to play devil's advocate, and just tell me like the fucking facts, and let's let's leave it at that. So, consumption. Be aware. Thank you to Lyle Behrens for joining us. I'm <laughs> bullshitting. I've always fucking wanted to do that. But I was like, all right, it's got to be the... This has been the most self-indulgent episode, so I feel like, all right, well, that was fair. Hey, uh, no, but seriously, thank you for listening. Hope you have a fantastic Christmas. One thing I didn't get into, because, I mean, it goes without saying, but, you know, you know, stay on your fitness game. That's, that, that's another thing I do. But I didn't feel like it deserved a whole... Uh, a whole segment because I don't like listening listening to guys talk about working out. But having said that, thank you for joining us. There will be no episode on Friday. We will be back the following Monday. So enjoy this. Be well. You know the drill. Like, subscribe, leave a nice review, all that. Look, man, it's almost Christmas. I'm mentally checked out. I'm out the office right now. Holiday party. I got the cake and I'm fucked up. Let's go. <laughs> be well. I love you.